I'm Mike Prowse and solo travel is my business because I made it my business. My unique take on solitary tourism has generated its fair share of critics, but haters are going to hate regardless of the reams of peer-reviewed analysis I set before them. As a travel journalist, I've spent years standing up for the little guy, and I'm pleased to say that last week, he was acquitted. The journalist Bram Stoker isn't known for his sassy tweets or his hot takes. He's known for Dracula, a novel about a man who bites people, which is illegal. And Bram Stoker wrote that novel here, in Whitby, on the east coast of Yorkshire. We'll return to him in a moment, but for now, just think of Whitby as a thriving coastal holiday hub. If you're a fan of antique books, fresh fish and historic abbeys, no one venue combines your passions. You'll have to visit several. But I'm extremely fortunate to be sponsored throughout this podcast by the Whitby Coastal Trail. Whitby. More than just Dracula. Whitby in the early days was a place where the tide was high and the life expectancy low. In fact, between 1732 and 1856, every single fishing expedition launched from Whitby resulted in the loss of all hands. It's one of the earliest recorded examples of Tanner's Dilemma, a deadly maritime paradox whereby no fisherman survives long enough to teach anyone how to fish, use a boat or swim. The crisis was nearly the end of Whitby, and it was immortalised in the lines of a song, sung to the tune of the traditional English folk reel, The Barley Takes Her Windows. I'll give it a go. Oh, sadness on the brine, the flowers of Whitby lost. Nobody knows what they're doing or how to use a boat. Everyone is dying and no one's coming back. It's absolutely dreadful. Everyone is dead. But Whitby did eventually break the deadlock, with the sudden arrival of Long Tom McCafferty, a fisherman from somewhere else. He taught everyone how to fish, then it was fine. As for what the fishermen of Whitby were doing wrong for more than 100 years, no one's got a clue. I've hung out in more seaside towns than you. And I'm always struck by the relatively low maintenance costs of Penny Falls arcade machines. There are 175 Tuppany Falls arcade machines in Whitby, and I'd like to tell you a little more about them in detail. From the moment that she... (coughs) Mugged. Mugged in broad daylight in Whitby. I'm fine, my microphone was scuffed on the transverse side in relation to the battery indicator light, but other than that, I survived. I admit I was shaken. I have walked the streets of Split in 1996 and negotiated my way out of an appalling timeshare misunderstanding in Afghanistan, but I have never felt quite so close to death as I did two hours ago. But my journalistic training kicked in. Despite the adrenaline, I was able to retain a near-photographic impression of my attacker. This was a goth male, 
dark-haired, approximately six foot two inches tall, clad in a long leather coat with a facial piercing in his ear. Lunging from the arcade, he barreled through the crowd and engaged me in a tug of war over my satchel. Fortunately, I was able to hold on, but my phone fell to the ground. He seized it and fled, confused. Why? Because it was my landline, which I was taking to be cleaned. Good luck downloading Angry Birds on that, mate. Not to exaggerate, but I didn't want this brush with death to affect my assessment of Whitby. So as not to derail my work, I've recorded a podcast within a podcast containing more details about my run-in with the goth. It contains strong language and graphic depictions of fictional revenge scenarios. Just search Mike Prowse, Whitby Encounter, on the dark web. It costs one-eighth of a bitcoin. The Whitby Coastal Trail. Don't for a moment think it's all about Dracula. Bram Stoker began writing Dracula here, in the Royal Hotel. His imagination was fired after reading about the arrest of a young woman who had savagely bitten the neck of her lover while they sat on a park bench. Just over a year later, Stoker had completed his novel. Its central character was a park bench. He quickly realised that a magnetic protagonist who merged sex and violence would be more compelling than a 200,000-word first-person account of being a bench. In his second attempt, he struck upon his compelling, aristocratic lead and called him Lord Biter. He was dreadful, marginally spoiling high-society teas by surreptitiously biting guests while telling long anecdotes about the construction industry. He lasted 50,000 words before Stoker, in a fury, nailed the manuscript to the ceiling and sold his house. But third time's the charm. After months of frenetic writing, Count Dracula was born. The Whitby Coastal Trail. Ancient geology, timeless views. So, no need to talk about Dracula all the time. Just as it did in Dracula, Whitby has become a scene of violence. At the police's request, I have now provided a vivid description of the man who attacked me. My journalistic powers of description will win out, just as they did when I proved that the UFO I saw in Crete was an unidentified flying object. The ruins of Whitby Abbey seem far removed from our own time, perched high on a rocky outcrop, lashed by winds, the sea foaming below. The abbey was founded in 657 AD as a double monastery of Benedictine monks working alongside nuns, and as such was one of history's early examples of a workable sitcom premise. Indeed, illuminated manuscripts reveal six amusing half-hour outlines. They're entitled, It Seems We Must Live With Nuns, Brother Adric's Mother Has Arrived, The Holy Knuckle of St Barnabas Is Missing, Christmas Special, and Everyone Make Good With Preparation, His Holiness the Pope Is Visiting the Monastery. The irony is, of course, the Pope 
did not visit the monastery. The Vikings did, removing heads, limbs and organs while having it away with everyone in a bold Light on Laughs series finale. Captain James Cook's connection with Whitby began in 1746 when he came here as an 18-year-old merchant navy apprentice. Britain was going sea nuts, Pacific seas, North seas, even Atlantic seas. And many of our modern phrases come from that maritime past. Sail close to the wind, learn the ropes, and the original formal request to revolve a compass on a map, turn on my router. But the young cook grew tired of lugging coal, and in 1755 he packed his bag, loaded his wife up with children, and set sail with the Royal Navy. The sun was high over the yardarm, the wind was in his sails, and he had syphilis. We should remember that life at sea wasn't always the brutal existence we might imagine. Captains of the day were gentlemen, literate, musical and unflappable. Indeed, when questioned at a naval hearing as to why 32 men had died when his second command broke up on rocks off Portugal, Captain Cook explained he was distracted because he was reading a poem and had just got to the good bit. The tribunal cleared Cook of all wrongdoing and delighted in his impromptu recital of that very poem. The prosecuting officer James Marshall then produced a violin and the entire courtroom honoured the famous captain with ramen dancing. Cook's three voyages of exploration in the Pacific became legendary. His ships, the HMS Bark Endeavour and HMS Resolution, were built in Whitby, so it's fitting that every year Captain Cook's admirers still gather in the town to catch syphilis. I've taken to the beach now after a fairly traumatic podcast. Violence can make one question one's identity, but I've held on to mine in the knowledge that I'm defined by my journalism, my powers of description, my observational skills, and I'm happy to report that owing to CCTV from the Penny Arcade, the police have indeed arrested the small teenage girl who attacked me. She is, they say, not in fact a large male goth, just a bit emo. And she has sold my landline. That's all from a mixed instalment of the Mike Prowse solo travel podcast. To add insult to getting mugged, the Whitby Coastal Trail has not responded well to the early rushes of their adverts and has instigated what it calls a new payment structure. I call it not paying anything, but no hard feelings. The Whitby Coastal Trail. Four deaths in just seven years. In Whitby, the home of Dracula.